0: So, you have a Superman script for me? Yes, sir, I do. Uh, that sounds like fun. No. No? Yeah, no, it's gonna be real serious and real gritty. Oh, it is. Right, because remember how the Dark Knight trilogy made a bunch of money? Are you kidding me? That's all I think about ever. Yeah, so I figure we could do that dark, gritty origin thing again, but this time with Superman. Do you think it matters that Superman is much more of a hopeful and colorful hero than the Dark Knight? I don't think anything matters. Interesting worldview. All right, so what happens in the movie? Welcome, everyone, to We Want More Superman. This is the show where we're going to analyze Alexander Wales' uh, Metropolitan Man short story. Um, I think we everyone heard the announcement episode last week. I've read this, Brian hasn't, usual spiel. And same deal.
1: And yeah. we decided on about thirty seconds ago?
0: If that. It was right right before we started recording. So I think I think it fits with the brand. Yes. Yeah.
1: Brand. <laughs> <That's awkward. laughs> this you know, this coincides with my, you know, future career plans for you know being oh, yeah. uh, being an internet media presence.
0: Yeah, I mean when when we get bought by Disney, they're gonna want to, you know, have it under one umbrella. Um, I'm to influence. <laughs> this is
1: gonna help right. out when I show up at Coachella.
0: Right. All right, Brian. So this is your second rational style story for chapter, two chapters in. What is your large scale? Yeah, it's
1: story? gonna be sort of interesting to be like, okay, what was, you know, what what do, what do your people call it? Ratfic?
0: I, it's, think you like people I, I think I think our away. people like saving keyboard strokes.
1: I know. Yes, it's sort of interesting to me, like, okay, what things are the same? And so, like, then able to hone in on, like, okay, what does, like, you know, rationalist fiction, like, mean as a thing? Um, Like, you know, subtract away the things that are different. Okay, that's not necessarily uh, what it's part of. Yeah, I guess, yeah, first impressions, it's, it's, so it's still, like, a little early to form, like, you know, make any large, uh, scale impressions of it. So it's because we're still sort of like laying groundwork, but we got, there's potential here. I'm kind of liking it. Um, the writing's good. I like that. I'm liking the characters being, being laid out too. They feel not cardboard. So, but yeah, still, uh, as Lex would say, I need more data.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's, uh, like, I, I don't know. It's, I, I should have thought of my own answer before I just starting talking. Um, like I agree, the characters that, that would, that would go I, against I, our tradition. Exactly, it's all form here. <laughs> so what I like is that, like the, the characters have uh, just a level of creativity and thoughtfulness that, and like that, that's not exclusive to ratfick whatsoever. It's just like it's a, it's a it is a trait. Um, so like I I don't know I can't get enough of that. Um, yeah. I, was trying to I feel,
1: it feels like it's even more of a departure than like uh, I also decided that we can keep talking about referring back to HPMOR since anybody listening to this almost definitely read it. Totally, um, but like that's even kind of more of a departure in that, well, at least for me, like because again, like I said in the, when like we said in the uh, our intro shorty episode last time that like uh, the more I think about it, like my Superman in my head is largely influenced by the cheesy 1950s George Reeves thing. Um, so Superman for me is very much, you know, a loaf of white bread, (laughs) um, and almost intentionally we're like, that's sort of like, you know, 1940s, 1950s, you know, fiction written by committee, um, that, you know, can't offend and has to get by, uh, most ridiculous censorship rules ever that, um, that everybody's like super um, cardboard, like to begin with. Um, so having like then starting for this author, I, yeah, I guess like one of my initial impressions coming with these first two chapters is that this author again a lot kind of very similar to Caskey. Like this guy is you know writing characters that he like actually has respect for, um, and that like feels even more. But it could be, because I, I wouldn't describe like Harry Potter as like you know I wouldn't call those characters like two dimensional and, and cardboard. Um, so this feels like even more like we're injecting even more like kind of realism into, into these characters because they're just not at all there in the beginning. Like Lex Luthor is just sort of like mad, bald, you know, evildoer. Um,
0: it's fun that you, so, you yeah. put that out, that the that writing characters that the author has respect for, because now that I think about it, like, I wonder if, uh, what's her name? The woman who wrote Twilight, like, did she respect Bella or even treat her like a character when she was creating her? Like I, I have to, yeah, I never read, I don't, to yeah. guess, no, I didn't read them either, but like the, I've seen the movie and the movie's just, uh, the most, you know, it, it, I think it's supposed to be where like, yeah, the character is so plain and boring so that it can be a character, you know, a reader insert. Yeah. You can be the main character and he can.
1: Yeah. Be- I remember those, I remember I read, um, hunger games and I guess like my only, because that isn't like, you know, but that's not like a, you know, super impressive, you know, human being as that protagonist but it's all still very sort of like you know swashbuckly kind of stuff but like my impression of that was it was sort of like the author picturing themselves as an adolescent so it's not so much disrespect but like they're sort of like lessening the like oh let me write this as the person i was prior to having grown up and so they have sort of like gimped themselves
0: Um, that sounds fun I think that's what Dukowski said about Harry was that it was like it was like me at 18 like if you switched intelligence and wisdom or something (laughs) (laughs) that was a great time
1: (laughs) I really liked that interview with Dukaski
0: it was a lot of fun it's the only episode I've listened to all the way through (laughs) um all right. So let's just dive right in. We start with uh, Lex Luthor hanging out in what did you call it? A Mickey Spillane feeling Mickey bar? Mickey
1: Spillane. Yeah. That's, you know, my camera. So if I say my camera, do you know what that means? Like the hard boiled detective thing. I think Mickey Spillane is sort of like the the proto uh, hard boiled author. I haven't read much. That's kind of not my jam, but.
0: Um, I'm picturing just some ritzy club where people wear suits and drink martinis at five in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, like a, like a Gary Cooper movie where everybody, like, you know, is dressed really nicely in tailored suits and talking really fast um yeah but uh but yeah it's like a cool vibe and you know that's also like a really good sort of like shorthand like you could if you just start with that vibe like all our brains kind of like suck in an entire world of background for that so like the scene gets painted very quickly um and it didn't like never- and then when uh yeah when Lex is like talking to those like new guys in the bar like they're all talking like yeah. it was like i do, i really did hear that like like ridiculous accent that that like Transatlantic doesn't actually exist. Accent with like a uh, what was this Green uh, Green Street City Green Street I think. I'm like mashing
0: Yeah, just the actually um, shooting Tommy guns into into banks exactly. and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, like so the, I think... the world that Bugs Bunny was imitating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like every Warner yeah. brother movie from the
0: 1940s. So I think this takes place in the 1920s. Um, or maybe maybe 30s. Uh, it, it mentioned somewhere two decades after the Wright brothers demonstrated heavier-than-air flight, which I think was like 1904 or two. Or something.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. and we don't really have a very good pop culture sense of that era because I think, like in my head, like I'm just like fast forwarding everything to like 1940s because that's like a like there's a lot of media around that for our brains to like turn
0: on. Um, yeah, there's like the flappers and the the random other shit. Right. That we have yeah, but, like properly. there's
1: no audio visual visual world for that. Like the audiovisual world started in like the 1930s with the little rascals.
0: Yeah. Um, like everything,
1: everything like before that feels like just reading it from a history book.
0: Yeah. I'm basically picturing like three stooges and uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin, but that was 30s. So yeah. yeah, even that's a little late. So this is 20s. Maybe it's 30s actually. 30s. Cause I think there's a reference to Chaplin somewhere, not in these two chapters, but I feel like that comes up somewhere. All right. In any case, um, the other thing I was going to mention is that uh, I, it didn't occur to me until you pointed out either that like, Oh, uh, until I read this, but you pulled out the same thing that I did, that Lex is short for Alexander.
1: I know. It's like a thing that like nobody ever bothered to mention.
0: I did I'm I did check. Person. and I So Alexander Joseph Luther is his full name, and he shares my original middle name.
1: Yeah, because nobody's going to name it. It's not, there's no birth certificate where it says Lex.
0: Right. Like well, a, then I wonder if- I a I, name. I wonder It's like if, Lance. Uh, the author, Alexander Wales, I wonder if, uh, if he chose to write from Lex's perspective <laughs> subconsciously because he's like, hey, we're both Alexanders. Maybe. Probably not. I, in fact, I'm 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 pretty sure not. He does. He did a great interview on the Methods of Rationality podcast after Enoch did the audiobook for this. Which reminds me, someone asked me, "Where's the audiobook for this?" It's on the Methods of Rationality feed. Do listen to it; it's great. And uh, the interview with the author at the end, um, he talks about kind of why he wanted to write this and stuff. So he doesn't say because Lex and I share the same person. <laughs> and I think I've
1: never met, have you ever met Alex? I'm wondering if Lex Luthor ruined the name. Probably, if like you don't meet it. Much like you don't mean any Adolf's, but yeah, um, it's a it's a good nickname. It's like a it's you know it's a single syllable. It sounds cool. It's short for a name that is cool anyway. There ought to be more Lexes.
0: If I ever go full bald, I'll change my name to Lex. You know, there's a lot to be said for full bald. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would have to be some incident or something. My my great grandfather was getting haircuts into his mid nineties, so. Um... Have I said that.
1: this before? Like me, me and my little brother look almost exactly the same. And we both look almost exactly like our father. Uh, and we both thought we got our father's wonderful hair that like went all like salt and pepper gray as you got older. turns out just my little brother did. I got my half bald Irish uncle's hair, <laughs> which like it would, it doesn't even have a like, you know, common decency to go fully bald. It's just like, if I don't shave it, it's just this like half-ass comb over in training. So that's delightful yes so no but i'm support- i support the lex but with the uh walter white
0: beard yeah it looks very walter white sharp i know
1: i think i look like super intimidating but
0: yeah totally very scary you know, guy see, like, yeah see i don't know i got
1: no sense I'm like six four with bald head and a walter white goatee that doesn't sound very nice
0: and then you're like check out these
1: awesome cookies. And, and i have resting bitch face it's just like all together i'm surprised anybody ever bothers to
0: talk to me but well, you say that, but then then you turn around and you're like, oh my god, check out this this apple pie recipe I made the crust.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, and I sort of enjoy that. Like, if yeah, I'm a, like yeah. a baking nerd,
0: but No, that's great. All right, I think that's the benefit of being
1: like my size is that I've never had to worry about anybody like, you know, considering me effeminate. Like, I don't have to prove that one. We're good. And so it's actually totally true that I'm fairly effeminate because you know because bread is tasty.
0: It sure is. I need to up my baking game. Really, yeah, All right. everybody should. This is this has been your insight into our lives. So <laughs> this is what, what we do. What's what's going on at the Skylight Club? Well, some guy is shouting about how there's this guy in a bright suit flying through the clouds and stopping cars from crashing. And, and
1: Lex is just sort of like misanthropically hanging out in a bar and drinking because that's what one does.
0: Yeah, like, it kind I kinda wonder own- like what what productively is he doing with his time? <laughs>
1: right. But it, I it guess also he- feels like a very like, you know, nineteen thirties ish thing to be doing, like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know. Go down to the bar and have a cocktail. I mean you gotta think
0: there's fucking nothing with to fabulous. Watch, you know? That's true. Like, God, I'd be that'd be going insane. Joke? Have, this is yeah, back it was pretty- in the
1: time when a toy was a hoop and a stick.
0: <laughs> we we used to play marbles <laughs> and gas. And- anyway, so Lex hears the story from across the bar and he calls bullshit very politely and he says, Excuse me, can you tell me what, what was going on there? And Dmitry Vladkov. Um Tells him about this crash that this guy with a big S on his chest flies down, catches two cars with one hand each, and uh, I
1: like it. It did a really good job with this of sort of like setting the tone of like what is a Lex Luthor, and yeah. then sort of like it's really like presumptuous for you, like, oh, I overheard you talking about a thing I'm interested in. So let me just walk up, introduce myself on the assumption that you'll just be impressed, and start, you know, interrogating you about everything you just said because it's important to me and whether or not that's important to you or that was what you felt like doing right now is really irrelevant.
0: He's wearing one of his more casual suits that only costs what a dock worker makes in a month. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And I guess like, as like, after he introduced himself, we are supposed to get the impression that like those people, even though not knowing him knew who he was and were then appropriately intimidated.
0: I, that's, that's my read on it. I don't think it comes out and says that, but like, if some guy came up to me and it's like, Hey, I'm, you know, Insert name here. Tell me about what you're talking about. Like, uh, sorry, who are you? Like, no one, no no one does that with Lex, right? So I'm assuming he's probably got his own like roped off section of the you know the club or something to sit there and drink. So anyway, he looks like a VIP, and I like so this is almost condescending, but it sets the tone really well for Lex because like it's all right. So the guy says, yeah, he he stops the car. The two cars from hitting each other, and then he flies away, and he's like, oh, and how did he fly? Did he flap his wings like a bird? Did he use engines like a plane? He's like, well, I didn't see him come down, but he just like put his arms up and flew away. <laughs>
1: He's like, yeah, and that, was, that, was, that was sort of the issue. Like, uh, and this is this is what rationalist means. He's like, I want fucking details. You know, just get to like hand wave shit. I want to know, um, and also because, and it's sort of like letting us see that like. Uh, Lex understands the importance of the implications of what he's hearing. Um, so he's not just, he doesn't want just like broad strokes. He's like, okay, this, this sounds like it's end, going to end up being important. So I need to know all the things.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what I really like too. And like, I mean, whether or not this has to be tagged as rational or not, like this, if someone heard this and you know, you're, you're at a club in the 1930s and someone's like, oh yeah, this guy in a bright blue and red suit just flew down from the sky and stopped two cars from crashing. What are you going to just like say, oh neat. And take another sip of your drink. No, you're curious, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're like hold up a minute.
1: Yeah, I get, yeah. yeah, and whether or not like I don't know about like labeling it rationalist or whatever, but it's like it's sort of stating in the first several pages like this is a no hand waving allowed story. Um
0: that that is I think uh, something that is another characteristic of rational fiction. It's one of those things where like you can you can explicitly set out to write rational fiction, or you can write like fiction that has characters that are sufficiently not stupid and a world that is sufficiently well developed that it just basically counts. Um, so yeah, Lex is is uh, curious what's going on here. You said that you had impressions about uh, about how comparing kind of him to Quirrell, which it's worth mentioning that in the audiobook, Inyash uh, uses the same voice for Quirrell and Lex.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh... Yeah. It was, so it had, it does have sort of the set. How did I put, it? I was sort of like impressed with the way I said it. I was impressed with my own words um, that like, there's this still this sort of in that way that he's like trying to nail those guys down for like every single detail. It's still, it had this kind of almost like anxious feeling from his side that like, like the world is a problem that needs solving and that if he can apply enough, you know, logic to it, then all of his problems will go away. Um, what I said it was like you know like the world is something that needs to be stuck with a pin and put in his butterfly collection but um, but minus the like sort of douche I guess he was still a little condescending but it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as I don't know malicious um so there's still kind of this uh you know sense of like okay yeah I'm better than you but it, like I'm not so like quarrel felt like okay I'm better than you and I want to keep reminding you of the fact that I'm better than you um where this guy's just sort of like well I mean like we all know I'm better than you but we don't have to dwell on that. Um, (laughs) but still that's sort of like okay it's like my world is capable of being entirely controlled as long as i worry about it hard enough um which i think is that's the part that felt the same between the two characters
0: i like that yeah and and the difference in the like kind of superiority is like it just happens to be where lex is this genius billionaire or whatever the 1930s equivalent is and it's like yeah i'm not going to keep reminding you of the facts but we both know it so like yeah Unless he's going yeah, to so like,
1: still, yeah, it still feels like he's kind. He's still looking down his nose at them, but it's not as he's not as invested in it. Like it's it's not as important to him. As but,
0: but not, as ro- not not. He's not looking down from as high up, right? Yeah. I think that it's, it's also just like other than like you know proselytizing himself or what do you call it, where you whatever bow and scrape. Like there's no way he's going to be able to pretend that there's not a status. Difference. Yeah, frustrating. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, yeah,
1: there's there's sort of like like the quarrel character is kind of there's like an element of sort of malicious aggressiveness to it, um, like that sort of sadistic like like my superiority over you is a way in which I can hurt you, um, which then that doesn't feel like yeah there's definitely like it feels like he's sort of maybe a little more Machiavellian is how he's coming across here, but not not in an, any kind of malicious way. So yeah, that's totally. that's the that's the vibe I'm getting so far.
0: I, I get the same vibe, and I also got to give a shout out to uh, Mercy Graves, his indispensable secretary, whom he summons with a twitch of his fingers, and she's the only woman allowed in the club before the sun went down. You know
1: what I'm realizing, and I I mentioned it as I because I said like oh, a Gary Cooper movie. I'm realizing this is remind that there's we only see a little bit of it, but I think also just like Lois Lane, this is there's this. I'm normally not into those like old black and whitey kind of movies, but uh, it's a, I believe it's Gary Cooper. Um, And I can't remember the name of the actress. It's an actress name you'd recognize, but it was called uh, His Girl Friday, I think was the name of the movie. It has this very like, you know, everybody in suits and fedoras talking very quickly and, you know, sounding very dapper. Um, That's kind of like the vibe coming off on this, but... I can dig it. Yeah. As far as like those old-timey like black and whitey movies, which I generally have a poor tolerance for, that one was pretty good, as I recall.
0: I have a a hard time with stories like that because I just watched the terrible TV series called The Mist, which... I remember really hating the movie. Not because it was bad, but because I hated like the antagonist, I guess. The antagonist that wasn't the miss, it was the other insane people in the in the store or whatever where they were stuck. And like even I mean that movie came out in what? 2010 or something, whatever.
1: Stephen it. King or I'm thinking something else.
0: Yeah, it was Stephen King. Maybe it was. I, 2010. was it? I saw it when, you know, ages ago, and I remember like thinking, "Oh my god, this is my worst nightmare." Not having, you know, these horrifying flying monsters attacking me from this this demon mist it's being trapped in an emergency with idiots (laughs) and so the tv series is a lot like that but they make none of the characters likable and the story doesn't like
1: i didn't even know that that seems like a stretch to turn one horror book into an entire tv series
0: it wasn't even a horror book it was a short story
1: that's gonna just turn into gilligan's island where like the problem is perpetually not solved
0: well, And get this, like they didn't. Oh, you know, what? I didn't actually finish it, I gave up before the last episode. I'll, I'll see if I get bored enough to finish it, but um, they uh, they had uh, I got distracted by something else I need to bring up, but um, it I, I brought this up because the like the TV show felt a lot like reading like classical literature that they made us read in school, like uh, what, what's that movie? What's the uh, the Scott Fitzgerald book or F. Scott uh, Gatsby, yeah, Gatsby, like nothing happens in that book and like things that happen it's like it's just events that don't tie together there's not really a plot and like nothing happens because this this previous thing happened like and i know that's <laughs> slightly uncharitable but i should I go
1: back because like, fitzgerald's like one of my favorite like, like fitzgerald hemingway from that area my my two favorites um but I realized when I like went back and read Frankenstein, I realized like there's sort of like a high school and college level of tolerance for like the glacial pace of quote classic literature. And when I read it again, I'm like, oh, you know what? It is kind of hard to get through how boring this is. Um about, like, like, for me- I actually, I like uh, Gatsby wasn't my favorite, like I it's more like like the when you start reading like all of Fitzgerald's stuff, you start to see like the like. There's this hidden self loathing with him, which was sort of like really cool once you discover it. But I don't, yeah, because I don't remember Gatsby's – I think I, I remember. Like, I haven't read it in forever, but I remember liking it. But it it's more in short stories I like better. One hundred
0: percent. I, I feel acknowledge that this is a classic for a reason, and that I'm just not getting whatever makes it important. Like nah, fuck I, that. That's just snootiness. I mean, that might be the case, but you know, I I also acknowledge that like as far as you mentioned, like the this theme of self-loathing or something. I never would have picked up on that. All I'm reading is like just watching the stuff happen on the screen and it's crazy boring. And so like, and like I said, everything's disjointed, nothing relates to anything. And so that's kind of like what I imagine, uh, or that's how I feel about like old movies. It's like, it's the same sort of thing. It's like, wait, why do we care about this? What's happening here? I don't know. Maybe I'll just stupid. But speaking of old movies and old timey TV, I saw the first two episodes of WandaVision last night. Um, that's oh being- yeah. Is it good? It's fun. It's interesting. It is different than anything Marvel's ever done. And uh, I know it
1: looks. Yeah, it looked, I've been wanting to see it. Yeah, I think I just read this morning that it had come. I didn't know it was coming on.
0: That's yeah. I much. heard about it like on Monday. I'm like, wait, this is happening this week? Fuck yeah! So that was fun. Um, and it's clearly something's going on that's bigger than what's happening because I mean, you watch it, and you're like, okay, this isn't a Marvel movie or a Marvel show. What's happening here? So. I'm very excited to see where this ends up. And yeah, no, it looks, it, it's
1: such like a cool like clash of vibes to it. Yeah. <clears throat> and, like Bewitched beats Marvel. Yeah. That looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's like Bewitched, I Love Lucy and Marvel all rolled into one like ridiculously awesome package. I have no idea what, what to make of it yet. So um, anyway, I'm going to use that as a mental model for like half of the scenes going forward because it's all in black and white. So <laughs> um, so where was I going with this? Uh, I forgot my, my whole long train of thought other than like. I I do like the cohesive world building. I'm trying to tie this back in now with, you know, shoestring, but, um, like stuff in in this story and in in fiction that I enjoy in general happens to have, like, this thing where things happen because of other things that previously happened, and the world is set up in such a way where you can, like, make sense of stuff and ask counterfactuals that are have reasonable answers. Um, anyway, so he's at the club, he summons, oh, we were talking about this because of uh, Mercy, and there's this like throwaway line about how he won her in a card game. Um, Oh, I missed that. It's like, yeah, he, he won her in a card game a few years ago and now she to him. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I, there's a couple little things like that where it's like, Oh yeah, this is like before things were, were, you know, uh, mostly decent. But <laughs> before it,
1: women were treated as humans.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you get the impression that Lex isn't. You know, he actually appreciates and, and values her, but it's still just like this kind of weird vibe. That it's- yeah, that is
1: right. Especially because, like, yeah, what we hear later about the era that he talks with uh, Lois,
0: huh? Yeah, interesting. All right, so he's got his awesome minion Mercy, who brings some pen and paper so he can crunch some numbers. Um, and you said because that's what a rational protagonist would do. Uh, and I said if you're gonna pull numbers out of your ass, you might as well write them down. That's what science. Is. <laughs> But the it's important to caveat that you can do this in a reasonable way that actually gives you something actionable to do with at the end of it. So, um, All right. So he goes – then this little section ends with him going to the crash site and kind of just look, looking up and down the street. And he's like, okay, yeah, I suppose this could have done it with like perfectly timed bungee cords, but I'm not calling it.
1: Oh, yeah. He's yeah a truck he, truck. He, does, he sort of like shoots down his own – doubt or like like that sort of knee jerk like oh I will look for any explanation that doesn't shock me too much to try to explain this like he goes to like oh I guess guess this could have been bungee cords um and he's like no that's fucking stupid and so he like accepts at least he's like okay I don't have it's both like okay uh I can't explain this away as a hoax um but I have no idea what it was and he just sort of like is okay with sitting there with the like okay this is just a big question mark and I don't know
0: yeah and this is where I knew he mentioned Charlie Chaplin. He said he'd seen enough Charlie Chaplin films to know that sometimes people did uh, delicate and dangerous things simply for the benefit of an audience and a small amount of money. But he's like, that doesn't, that's, I still realize, I still feel confused, even if I imagine this guy's trying just to like make a quick buck. Um. So this, yeah, he, I like this too. He says, after 10 minutes of looking around, Lex grit his teeth and Mercy standing behind him, politely coughed. And he's like, you're right. This is enough time wasted on distraction. Like, she's just awesome. Uh all right, so we got a scene change, and he's talking to little Tony. <laughs> know. Little Tony says, was, yeah, he came out of nowhere, see? We were on were the sure. jewelry story, and he left the door spinning behind him. <laughs> just, I, I imagine, his like we talked about, his whole story in that kind of accent.
1: Well, this sort of, like, paints a picture of, like, you know, every sort of cheesy, you know, Superman beats the bad guys, you know, scene. It's sort of like, it, it's just like, this is exactly one of those super cliched scenes.
0: Yeah. So they, yeah, basically the scene is that they're robbing the place. Superman shows up and guy turns around and shoots him and takes a a blast of shotgun to the chest. And all it does is damage his costume. And there was this line too by Lex that I like where he's like, uh, he says the suit or he says, did it tear the costume? And the guy's like, yeah, tore the suit right up. How'd you know? And it just says Lex hadn't, he'd just been asking, but it wouldn't do to tell little Tony that. So like that little subtle thing of like cultivating this air of like, I know Mm -hmm. more than you. Is a a valuable life technique in real life. Um, if you're looking to feel, if you're looking to you know uh, project the air of superiority around people, um, but it's like you know if you had said, oh no, I was just guessing, then it's like oh okay, Lex is human like me. But if you if you say if you don't answer and he's like oh Lex knows more than I do about stuff, it, it gets I know, people.
1: Yeah, was like walking through that, I'm like thinking like okay, what if I was little Tony and I like shot a guy or you know saw my my partner in crime shoot a guy and he just like keeps walking. Somebody asked me, like, "Oh, was the suit torn?" And be like, "Fucking, I don't know." Some dude just like got shot in the chest and just kept walking towards me and then threw me on the ground. I wasn't paying attention to his leotard.
0: Yeah, he th- his his retelling of the events is surprisingly like <laughs> know, right? coherent given what he went through. So um, I like this too. You, like,
1: end that thing like questioning your sanity. So
0: right, he's telling Superman, "You know, you're not you're, you ain't no cop." And Superman says, "Like it's a citizen's arrest or something." And he's like, oh, <laughs> "Fuck you." Um, then before he you know, knows it, he's on his back, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, he didn't hurt me at all. It's just like I was a little kid. I just flipped around and laid out gentle." Uh,
1: yeah, that was like one of our first little like demonstrations of how Wonder Bread Superman's going to be like. <laughs> he fights criminals, but like, make sure that like everybody lands safely.
0: So yeah, he's uh, he fixes the tie. Before when you die. think about it, that's harder to do than just hurting the bad guys, right? You know, Batman has an easier time just breaking jaws and smashing skulls than he does. Uh, you know, carefully making sure no one's actually injured the whole time. Although, I guess I wonder how, it doesn't say here, but how were these guys detained until the cop shows up? Did I just miss that?
1: I can't remember.
0: You know, I don't. Uh, oh, I guess we understand. just waited for the police to come. Um,
1: oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But I'm guessing later on he starts carrying zip ties or some shit, so.
1: <laughs> no, doesn't he always, like, you know, you know, wraps a light pole around them?
0: You know, what the fuck are the cops metal. supposed to do with yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> well these men are clearly going to decide here no, it's
1: 1930 there's no power tools like, i mean
0: fucking. if it's so tight that they can't escape being tied up in it then like the cops certainly can't get them out and they're going to just starve to death in there
1: <laughs> no that's right you know hacksaw
0: yeah he'll come back later on time the cops are like,
1: god damn another fucking ben pole.
0: yeah this is why superheroes wear masks people <laughs> Because they'll be the subject to lawsuits. You know, when Superman uses your car to smash a meteorite back into orbit, like, you know, do you get to sue Superman? Do you see the city? Like, insurance would be insane.
1: Exactly.
0: I, I would definitely move two towns over where there is no Superman, you know, wrecking property and shit. So <laughs> that's just me. All right. So uh this is also where Lex points out that like, no, there's no way he would just show up at the crime. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> Uh, yeah, and then we get some, then we get this character, which to me looked like oh, we're going to see this character some more. This Willie Calhoun, uh, which I guess was sort of like his, you know, back when he was a organized crime boss. That uh, this was like one of his, you know, right hand men, like one of his like sub capos or something. Um, but he's just sort of like this is just sort of a guy that is connected with a lot of Luthor's seedier history. Um, but basically kind of what he says to him, he's like, okay, now after I've, you know, kind of investigated all this stuff and, and talked with all these people that have seen these different, you know, events around Superman, he's just sort of kind of sums up to Willie Calhoun. He's like, this is fucked up. Like people aren't appreciating like how fucked up it is that there's some dude that is this like omnipotent uh, and this is going to be a big deal. So.
0: Yeah. And he basically tells willy to like hey look you know pump the brakes and any shit you got rolling because we don't know how big this is like it's something something huge is going on um i even like this because it's not an overstatement he says bigger than the city maybe the biggest thing that's ever happened in the history of the human race
1: <laughs>
0: like and honestly that's not the least bit of an overreaction right like i think it's 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 hard for me to put myself in the mindset of somebody who never saw a superhero movie seeing something like this happening like th- this is it, it would be you know the, the second coming of Christ, right? Like, and we well, in
1: some ways, it would be like, to that, I think I'm wondering if it'd almost be worse today because it would feel like fiction intruding into reality. Like, at least for these people, it would just be like, oh, this thing that has just never happened. And I don't know what to do. But like today, if like a Superman showed up, um, you it would be more like, oh, let me question my sanity because this is a thing that we knew, but we knew it as fiction and now it's actually happening. So, what the fuck is going on? Like, right, you're gonna, you're gonna almost feel like your reality has gotten more shaken than.
0: You know, yeah, that's a good point. Either like I'm having a psychotic break, or I'm in a simulation, a or exactly. yeah. you know, teenage aliens are playing a prank on us, and on, <laughs> on the planet. like, there's 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 got to be some explanation, especially if it was like literally Superman. Like, okay, yeah, I've lost it. So, something something insane is happening
1: here. But yeah, I think like yeah, like and and we get a little bit uh, in a little bit we'll, uh, here, like oh, people are starting to worship him as Jesus and stuff. It would be because it would just. There'd be lots of different reactions, but everybody's reaction would just be like, "Okay, all of my assumptions about how the world worked just got tossed out the window." Yeah. Um, so if people would be upset.
0: Oh yeah, my 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 estimate of you know, okay, God's you know is God real would we'll jump way up, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, all right, cool. I'm seeing magic happen. So something's going on. <laughs> so. um, um what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The thing about uh, Willie Calhoun is that, yeah, like you said, he's the he's the guy that taught uh, Lex to fight and cheat and steal and stuff. So they've, I think he's he's like his uh, his crime mentor. But now they're on first name ambassador
1: terms. to the underworld.
0: That's a good way to put it. Um, then we get another line break to where uh, Lex is reading the interview that Lois did with Superman, and he's just pissed. Like he's he's yeah he's angry at the newspaper. He says, this makes no sense. And Mercy, just like this, like, towering beacon of calm sanity. Is just like, <laughs> How come? And he just, he's reading it, points at the offending line. Superman told me that he's an alien from the planet Krypton, the last of his kind. He's an alien, or so he claims, and yet he looks just like a human. And, like, he's he's just, uh, <laughs> what I like about it is, like, he's like, all right, being a super strong alien is one thing. You know, that's fine. I can get my head around that. Getting getting my head around a super strong alien that looks like a sex god is <laughs> <laughs> player, he's it's just a human,
1: he's like an unusually good looking human.
0: Right. It's
1: like I call bullshit.
0: Yep, he's calling bullshit hard. Um and then she's like, Well, do you think he's lying? And uh, he's just like, I don't know. And this is where he says, I need more data. Very Sherlockian. Um he says, I need data, data, data. I can't make bricks without clay. Oh no, wait, that's not in here. Um I'm kidding, that's a that's a Sherlock quote. Yeah. All right, I got you. Finally, I read something that you haven't read. That's yeah. Actually, I also stole that from the Robert Downey Jr. movie, but that was a direct quote from uh, Sherlock's <laughs> story. So. Um, all right, so uh, I like this too. He says, I don't know. Certainly there are things that he, says about, that he says that are inconsistent with reality as I knew it. Yet if you'd asked me a year ago whether I thought I would see a man like Superman who can bend steel with his hands and fly through the sky, I would have attempted to fire you for ex- expressing such steer stu- sheer stupidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And here, he practically shouted, pointing at the newspaper. He claims that he can hear gunshots from across the city. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like this is only TV I, but I, they don't have TVs.
1: <laughs> I think and we get uh, and I think like the author's dropping some of these like so obviously that he's you know making sure we don't hand wave over it. And so he's sort of like hinting at what he's gonna come at later because <clears throat> so in the next next chapter we open with like Lois and uh, and Clark talking to each other. Um and at least for me like it stuck out like okay like we're immediately presented with the Clark Kent looks exactly like fucking superman um and nobody notices and so for like me it stuck out since we're like before we even got here we've already been poking holes in all of the ridiculous things that like Ben rather than like rather than hand waving it he's more like you know circling it and saying and then this is some like, what i'm seeing is like Like we're going to be explicitly be told later that his superpower is to fuck with people's heads and have them not notice shit. He doesn't want to have them notice Um, and like make that an, you know, another level of intimidating threat. Like, dude, this guy can just like control your mind.
0: What what I love about this, and this isn't a comment on any, prediction of the story or on any foreknowledge of the story. It's just that like you had the exact same thought about Quirrell. You're like, there's no way people are just this dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotta be some magic that he's fucking with people to make them, to make them more dumb.
1: (laughs) I'm going to like, I'm pretty confident I'm right on this one because he's going out he's sort of like making sure we notice, like he's not trying to hide it.
0: I mean, Um, we, we, we don't know. Well, rather Lex doesn't have any reason to suspect that like, he's not Superman or like that rather, that Superman is not Superman all the time, right?
1: Yeah, like Lo, like what we see in the next one, like Lois work. Like when Lois goes up to the you know rooftop to see a dude in a leotard, she'd be like, "Fucking Clark, what are you doing in a leotard?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so that's like the like and that was always sort of like the conspicuously weird thing about superman is like the only difference between the two of them is that he's not wearing glasses and be like oh if, you know if clark's just ever at his desk and you know has been typing too long and he's getting some eye strain and he just sort of like takes his glasses off to rub the bridge of his nose be like oh shit superman <laughs> right,
0: hold man. on a second yeah Wait all right a minute. um the, the other thing i like about this this section here is that It sets up, this kind of sets the tone of where Lex is coming from. And it does, like, this is just true in any Superman story, but it, it, it it points out the, the unsettling fact. He's, I like this too. He says, how do you feel about him? And she says, feel, sir. Like she doesn't understand because she's perfect. uh, Like I'm almost robot. Um, He says, if he's telling the truth, he can hear everything that we're saying. He can watch us as we speak. He can watch you when you change your clothes or take a bath. He can look in on you. And She's like, well, he's he's doing good. I imagine he's too too good of a hero to watch me. And He's like, yeah, he's a hero for now. Um, but like, but the idea that if there was Superman flying over Denver, it's like, yeah, all right, he's watching us do all of the you know unspeakable things we do when we're alone in our bedrooms, like, or, or at the very least that he could. It would like it's it's. I, mean, I imagine it would be like living in a world where like you actually believed in like the government surveillance, putting cameras near TVs and everything, right? Yeah.
1: Like, well the other thing like if so if we're assuming that sort of level of like you know he can hear a gunshot from across the city and blah 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 like he can hear that it, and there's no gun you know for that like jewelry store robbery there's no gunshots yet he could just sort of hear people talking in such a way that like oh that sounds like there's a uh you know a jewelry heist going on um that sort of has that very like you know pre-world War II innocence around like Superman can hear anything going on in an entire city the worst thing happening in that moment is a jewelry robbery I don't think so. It sort of like has to like gloss over this sort of dark look at humanity. Like, oh, there's probably way more fucked up shit happening at that moment.
0: Right. Yeah. I wonder for some reason I have it in my head that somebody shot at the, uh, jewelry shop robbery before Superman showed up, but I, I don't see any, uh, any reference to it. Um, all right. So, oh, wait, yeah. Hold on. How did he know about the robbery? Yeah. He must've just seen us go in and that's where he's like, nah, that's bullshit. Um, okay. Yeah. So he doesn't say like, oh yeah, well, you know, the other guy shot, you know, the roof to scare people or something, nothing like that happened. So yeah.
1: But yeah. Like, the other, like for every jewelry store being robbed, there's five dudes beating up their girlfriend. Yeah. Which it, one would hope his moral compass is such that he would prioritize the woman getting beaten over the jewelry store being robbed.
0: I wonder what Superman's priorities are, man. Right, right. now he's just this, this weird guy flying around tanking bullets and bending steel. So, <laughs> um, this chapter ends with Lex just saying, all right, yeah, it's time to clean house. You know, because he's just like, I just, it, it paints the picture so well. He's just like standing there, he's looking around his room and he's just like, he can hear everything we're saying. He can read the files in my desk drawer. Like, okay, this, this is a lot. So um I, I don't know. I, I thought it painted that, the atmosphere really well. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and
1: like, and the, the thing that it made, at least for me, like stick out the most is like what's unusual about him was like his level his ability to accept not knowing um, well not like not like being okay with it but not trying to tell himself that he knows the answer oh yeah not trying totally. to like jump to a conclusion he's like acknowledging like okay i don't know enough about this and i'm just gonna have to like sit here with the knowledge that i don't know uh, which i think like most of us would try to like you know land on what they think is the most likely and then your like brain would just start treating it as if that was what happened
0: yes i think that that's that's a really good point and that that's where Like, I, I, that's, you know, smart points to Lex. He's not jumping to conclusions and just like, that's the thing you're tempted to. And then if you do, you kind of become attached to those conclusions. And so he's like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not content to not know, but I'm not going to make a conclusion yet. I need to keep looking.
1: Yeah. And, but he's also seen enough, like he's, he has rejected the stuff that he ought to reject, which, which is just sort of like, like anybody's sort of like knee-jerk reaction to just be like, well, that's just something that can't happen, Uh, Like after seeing enough sort of like convincing evidence that like, okay, this thing that everybody thinks can't happen actually has happened. Like he's willing to at least put aside, you know, disbelief uh, for the – when the only reason is just cause.
0: Exactly. uh, It's kind kind of like a different reactions to um, like when Harry – when McGonagall comes to visit Harry and she like turns into a cat and freaks him out, right? Uh, Yeah. This is this is kind of like that, except this is uh, you know a calm crime boss who's been through some shit. So he's like, okay, that's fucking weird. I need, I need to figure out what I need to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm.
1: I consider this where, like, if something that like totally out of the ordinary does happen, you do have to at least like, like. Bump up the not so much bump up the likelihood, but like that thing is so unlikely that it's not totally ridiculous to start trying to explain it with things like mass hallucination, which is a you know ridiculous explanation. But so is the ridiculous thing you just saw. So not like you like go out of your way to dismiss everything as mass hallucination, but it's at least not unreasonable to consider that one as one of the possibilities versus dude can just magically levitate.
0: You are thinking like, like a, are both pretty
1: like unlikely.
0: You are thinking like a Bayesian, sir. Uh like that that like that, that that's the thing is like yes mass hallucination is like a terrible explanation for anything but so is like just accepting like oh yeah this guy can just fly and and you know you, you're, you're a lot of people are seeing this magic stuff you're like okay well either the magic stuff is happening or something more mundane but you know i would have considered it improbable but now it sounds much more likely you know it's like um you know there are like those uh accounts of like mass sightings of miracles or whatever right um those are, are generally attributed to mass hysteria, I think probably correctly. Um, it's like, uh, or, you know, whatever the retellings of history and, and people wanting to be involved in the fun story, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's, you know, I, I wouldn't, if, if someone, I, so I don't know, I'm trying to think of like, uh, like the moon landing, you know? So like, that sounds extremely improbable if you don't know anything about what it takes to get a rocket in the air, how hard it is to get to the moon. Um, you're like, okay, that sounds fucking crazy. Uh the, the the idea that there might be a ten thousand man conspiracy behind making you believe this, if if you really just can't accept the fact that people went to the moon, it becomes less crazy to believe in a ten thousand man conspiracy. But like it's that said, uh the, the the evidence points the other way. To now if you believe in the conspiracy, you are probably you're on the wrong one side of, of the calculation.
1: There, one but. of those theories survives scrutiny better than the other.
0: Right. All right. We're jumping on chapter two, and this is Lois Lane's point of view. Um, what's your take on Lois? I, I was going to give mine, but I don't want to blemish yours. So.
1: Um, so still a little early. I, 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 like the, like what we see in a little bit later. So kind of her sort of being consciously uncomfortable with, um, the like, oh, I'm Superman's girlfriend thing and trying to consciously avoid it. Um, I like think a little bit, so yeah, we, we still don't quite have enough for me to like get much of an impression. Um, it seems like, like what we've got so far, just sort of like two broad strokes around, like, okay, she's highly competent and has, you know, a, a, uh, a sort of three dimensional idea around, like, you know, she doesn't want to just be turned into, you know, romantic object. Um, and seeing, and seeing some sort of like, in the and then her like when Superman like picks her up to fly her away, she's like uncomfortable with like how little choice she was given in that. So I, I like that stuff about how like that sort of just felt like that is you know a real reaction that a real person would have in that moment. Um, but I still like uh, so far she still just more feels like a character that is a reaction to a character of Lex and a piece of cardboard of Superman. Um, and it's just reacting to it so far. So I think we've got to kind of fill her in more.
0: Yeah. I heard you saying, I like that. And I think that, um, at the very least, the two things that you mentioned, like, you know, that, that she's competent and that she is three-dimensional, like that's, and, you know, maybe I'm being uncharitable. Most of my, like I said, in the previous episode, most of my Superman knowledge comes from, uh, Man of Steel and the, the DC movies. And so like, you know, Lois is like a, I mean, I guess you could call her a character, but like she, she's just a she's just a, a MacGuffin for him to be worried about, right? Like she she doesn't. I think maybe she does a couple of things in the movies, but she, she never really feels like her own thing, right? Like,
1: well, I mean, at least, and this may just be uh, Unr's Marvel bigotry showing, but like, every, like Superman, the space that Superman occupies in my head, like the whole Superman story, is everybody's a piece of cardboard, and that's almost on purpose. Like it's just sort of a morality play. Um and nobody's believable. It's kind of not what I, you know, don't like about it very much, but it's also sort of like feels like that's like not an accident. Um so yeah, Lois I think they've all like Lois also just like her what her role is damsel in distress, like that's what she is in the story.
0: Yeah, um, that might as well be. Yeah yeah, that, yeah. yeah, and I and I'm and I'm I, I do get the impression from having heard the interview with Alexander Wales that the the like mythology of all dc stuff is broader than what you and i've been exposed to and that a lot of things do it much better um in the dc uh comic universe so like i I totally totally feel
1: like yeah people that just sort of liked it are like you know because that's just better storytelling went in and added it because it needed to be there um but it feels like like the the v1 of all these characters was uh two-dimensional
0: yeah yeah i think so um all right, so yeah, we, we we opened with with Lois, and uh, I, I I get you know just other thing is this kind of like earned confidence. Um, I think it says that she she got the job working for the Daily Planet. I think it's the first woman. Uh, maybe I'm inserting that detail. I can't remember. But I think so. Yeah. Uh, I she got like her, a letter she, to the editor
1: that in, that yeah. impressed. Uh, what's it, Perry? Something Perry. What's his first name?
0: I. Only known as Perry, I'm sure it's in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah it was in there. I can't remember though.
0: Anyway, we'll call him Perry, and I'll try my best not to call him Jameson. <laughs> um,
1: he's more just kind of like, he's less. I've always my impression of him was he was sort of a less angry. He wasn't like as you know, he wasn't just shithead like J. Jonah Jameson.
0: No, but I when I picture so the, the newspaper that follows the superhero, I only picture, and it's not. I don't picture just J. Jonah Jameson. I picture uh, J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that Jesus. is my perfect archetype for it. Um, so let's see. He uh, yeah. So she, she wrote that letter to the editor and then apparently they put out like a, a th- Oh, Perry white is the guy's name. Perry White. That's right. Okay. Um, so they put a thing in the newspaper saying, please identify yourself so you can come work here. And that's how she got on board. And uh, then it starts where she's talking to her new coworker, Clark. Um, and he's hammering away at his typewriter. And it's like, Oh, look, you know, people think that he's Christ or you know a false prophet. You know, of the uh, presage of the end times, and Clark just looks her through his glasses. And I imagine him pushing his glasses up the bridge of his nose. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, it's from the Book of Revelation, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from the heaven and earth at the sight of men, and he deceiveth at whatever all that stuff." Because um, definitely
1: an alien coming to planet Earth is going to find Jesus.
0: <laughs> I just like how he's got encyclopedic knowledge of the Bible. Yeah. Um, well, I think
1: it was sort of like, uh, because, you know, Clark is such white bread that like, well, of course he's a good Christian boy. Of course he is. And he's going to you know, quote some Bible letter.
0: And then Lois, Lois laughs at that and Clark frowned and he says, it's not right to make fun of people's legitimately held beliefs. And it's like, oh, come on. It's not right to make fun of people's beliefs, Lois. You're being mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was still, she's like,
0: you're right. Fine. She's like, she's Roman Catholic and that she attends mass twice a year on Christmas and Easter. Um. So his uh, all of his folksy wisdom from his pa, and
1: um, she calls him Smallville at one point. Right. Hey Smallville, we said, which, which was surprisingly exactly in the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah. When she heard it, she laughed for five minutes. Then yeah, it's precisely in the middle of nowhere. Um. You, yeah. You, you put in the notes, Clark Kent, or Clark is Wonder Bread, and I said Clark wouldn't eat Wonder Bread because it's too exciting. <laughs> it's too spicy. <laughs> But he, he, he paints this. So, you know, if we're going to speculate on this already and we can't rule out, you know, some obvious alien magic fuckery, but like you see this guy, you know, he, he bears a resemblance to the guy who flies around in a shiny suit, you know, shooting or getting shot at, but he sits there with his big glasses and says, it's not right to make fun of people's beliefs and quotes the Bible and talks about his paw. Like, I think it's, it's, it's not unreasonable to think that if I sat next to Superman at work, I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to the idea that like I Oh I
1: think- no, because it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not like, oh, they look like it's so it's literally the same guy. We're not ever told that there's any sort of like, oh, he looks slightly different. I think like in the originals, like the only difference was that like Superman let the little dangly bit of hair go down his forehead. But like other than that, it's literally the same person. You're not gonna like I mean maybe like The first time you'd be like, oh, you know, I didn't realize. But like after the third time you like see a picture or something, you'd be like, oh, shit, wait a minute. Especially after – so especially if this is the dude you've been working next to every day at work and then you're even still in the same building so your brain's still even in that headspace – when you walk upstairs onto the roof and go see him in his leotard, you're not. It's not even going to register in your head as like, oh, he looks like Clark. It's going to be Clark. What the fuck are you doing in a leotard on the roof? Like, you're not even going to like wonder. It's just going to be like, oh, look, that's just that guy. That's the guy that I work with every single day. Of course, that's him. You're not going to like. You're not going to be even like remotely fooled. Not it's be, yeah. if it's literally the same person. Uh, you know, you could see literally the same person in a Halloween costume under heavy makeup and you're still gonna
0: recognize them. <laughs> yeah. I I hear what you're saying. There was a good scene and I, I, I mean, bet it's- it, it, maybe if
1: you like, you know, pass like if you see him like running across the roof and that's all you saw, you probably still would. But if you have like if you carry on a conversation with your coworker, you're not gonna like wonder that like, oh, I wonder if that was him. Maybe. Unless he has alien mindfuckery powers.
0: We'll we'll have to keep we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um there was a there was a scene in probably the the Christopher Reeves movies where like I saw this clip on YouTube where he's I forget if he's going from Clark to Superman or Superman to Clark but it was it was like linked I saw it and Reddit, it was like this the the precise like subtle acting that was involved and like you know when he when he's Clark he's kind of you know demure he's got his shoulders kind of hunched and he 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 leans forward a bit and then like in the scene without you know any uh, cuts or anything he stands up. And he's, he then, you know, kind of switches to Superman. It's, it's like a transformation. Um,
1: Yeah. it's not going to fool anybody or, you know, might fool somebody if you only like, you know, a glance at them. But like, if it's a person you carry on conversations with on a regular basis, you're not But it's like like in the old movies and stuff, like to me, that always, and that's kind of like the difference between like, you know, something rationalist and whatever, like, like it's part of the deal in a quote, like regular story that there's a level of hand-waving the, author is allowed to ask of you. And you just, you don't even try to justify it. You're just like, okay, that's like the bargain we're making is in order to hear this, you know, entertaining tall tale, I have to just be okay with this line of bullshit right here. Um, And it doesn't really take away from it because it's like, okay, you know, that's the deal. Like that's fine. Um, But this is the kind of like, if we're going to, if we're going to start worrying about, oh, there's no way he could possibly hear a gunshot from across town, then we're definitely not going to like you know, wave our hands around like, oh, it's literally the same fucking person minus, you know, add a leotard, subtract glasses. Like nobody's ever
0: – yeah. All
1: right. So it would be like, oh, we're at a Halloween party and I show up in a costume and you're going to be like, who is this person?
0: Yeah. But, but but if I saw something on TV of a guy, you know, throwing a mountain into the sun, would I be like, he looks like Brian. I think that's Brian Deacon. Like there's no <clears throat> Well yeah. So,
1: well, yeah. So maybe for like regular people, but if you're Lois Lane and that's your coworker that you spend, you know, that's the person you spend eight hours a day with, every, you know, five days a week. Uh, and then you walk up onto the roof, but you're not, it's, you're not even going to wonder. It's like, it's going to be a certainty in your head. Like, it's going to be like, Clark, what are you doing in a leotard?
0: Could be. I will just, I, just, just to be moment. nitpicky, I'll point out that oh, the fact
1: to thought, it makes me think that maybe this mindfuckery theory I've got, isn't going to pan out. But.
0: Well, I, I'll just say that they don't spend 40 weeks to, next to each other because they're both field reporters. Right. So, yeah. uh, and I think he's only been there a couple months, but in any case, um, there was another fun line too. like so much of this, which is fun. Cause like, we know that Clark is Superman. And so like, man, at least I don't have to entertain this deception that Clark isn't Superman. <laughs> Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh
0: like she's like lois says uh she's talking about like people are buying ad space in the daily planet because they know that superman reads it and she's like that's you know other than like people calling out for him and hoping that he stops by which we know he doesn't work and probably just pisses him off and clark's like superman doesn't get upset and it's like okay like you know that why? Why do? You, why do you think that, Clark? But she she just isn't treating Clark like a person. She's just kind of like you know nitpicking at Smallville here. So, um, <laughs> uh, so she's like, yeah, sure, he doesn't show it, but then doesn't mean he doesn't feel it. Do you think he's got some heart of stone when he interrupts a rape in progress and Clark flinches? Um, mm. and uh, she's like, I met with him, talked to him more than anyone since he got here, and I don't buy it. He may not be human, but he still feels. Anyway, point is, the papers the only way people have to get to talk with him, and um. Uh, just something about ad space. I lost my train of thought, but I just think it's fun that, like, you know, Clark is saying all the things that you would imagine Superman's alter ego would say. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, she's not in on the secret, and it's just like it's almost like he's screaming it in her face. Um, yeah. like Superman doesn't get upset. Why the fuck do you say that, Clark? You know Superman? What's going on here? So, uh,
1: no, no,
0: no. I don't, I don't know Superman, but I just I, I, I who's just... Superman? Yeah, no, not me. Pushes up glasses emphatically. Um. <laughs> So, uh, she says, you okay, Smallville? at least you usually pretend to be enchanted by my wit. And then he's like, sorry, I'm distracted. Do you know Superman's being sued? And it's like, (laughs) sorry, I'm distracted by this impending lawsuit.
1: (laughs) And I was just sort of like imagine like the, you know, Clark slash Superman is sort of like, you know, bent out of shape. He's like, you know, I checked with the laws and I'm doing citizen's arrest and I'm doing all the right things and it just doesn't seem right that people are suing me. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, suck it up.
0: I love it. And then, too, he's like, well, some, one of the perpetrators saying that the you know Superman broke his wrist, and she says, obvious bullshit or legitimate claim? That's the difference between front page and back page. And he will cuss, yeah. He's like, it's obviously untrue. Obviously uh, true. It's like, oh, yeah, sure it is, Clark. Oh, you, you, you talked to the guy already? Yeah, all right. Um, so, uh, then, then he drops, like, oh, yeah, Perry wants to see you, by yeah. the way.
1: <laughs> he's like, you're me, saying Clark. this just now?
0: <laughs> yeah. He seems like a pretty <clears throat> coworker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, the boss is wondering 30 minutes ago why you're not in his office.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, I didn't want to interrupt.
0: (laughs) And when I was pulling the clip, so for the beginning of the intro episode, I played the uh, clip from the Batman versus Superman trailer and I had to dig. It was the third, like final trailer, whatever, but it was where Bruce was saying, uh, you know, he's too strong or something. If he he wants to turn around the world, there's nothing we can do to stop him. Um, So in that trailer, it reminded me that in Dawn of Justice, Perry White is played by... uh, um, I think it's Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, they got to and They just, you know, it's one of those things that like, you can't act your way out of a bad script. Yeah. And so don't get me wrong, the movie, like, again, kind of like with the new Wonder Woman movie, like the, the there were just parts where it's like, I wish they did some things better, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as everyone gave it hate for. I think people who hated it are like DC fans who are like, uh, you know why is Batman killing people and this and that? And I was surprised, but it's like okay, you know what? Taking the story out as it is, they did an okay job with it. There's some issues in the last act, but um, yeah, I, mean,
1: I haven't seen it because um, so I saw the first Wonder Woman, which I really liked, and then that was enough to convince me to see Justice League, and it was going back to like yeah, and this is why I don't watch these. <laughs> yes. So I think that's why I gave up on that.
0: Justice League was, I think unsolvigably bad. Like I, I think Donna justice did, did some fun things in it. Justice league. It's like the the thing I was, I was talking about this when it came out with like coworkers was like, you know, imagine if they strip, if they skipped straight from iron man to straight to the Avengers, like you wouldn't care who any of these people are. You wouldn't have any backstory. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get why there's any disharmony or synergy across the team. Cause you don't know any of these people.
1: Yeah. Like, and then when- they and then they jumped to justice league before having a, cause it. Cause I, I am remembering now. I also saw the Aquaman movie, which was okay. I was like, oh, okay.
0: Um, I heard it was like a hilarious joke, but I haven't seen.
1: Did it. Justice League come before the Aquaman movie?
0: Yeah, they they tried to yeah. rec- they tried to like retroactively put you the introductory character things, and it's just like you can't have it that way. No, you you got to set these characters up and then then put them in the big movie. But that's just me. Marvel did it perfectly, and I'm going to die on that hill. So
1: I, uh, I I distrust the fact that you and I agree so adamantly. Like we don't we're we're not, we're not a trustworthy source. I think you and I are in our own little Marvel bubble. Because I agree I mean, with everything
0: you just said. <laughs> so so th- there's something to be considered there. And it's good to be skeptical of the fact that like, hey, you know what? Maybe if we're agreeing, we should get, you know, an, an, a third party to confirm, what, you know, any of this. But I will point out that the Marvel movies do better in the box office. So it's not just us. The oh, public think, is open I think with their nice. dollars.
1: I think, I think probably like the DC comic universe, I'm, you know, almost certain that I just haven't been exposed to the, you know, vast improvements that they have made. Uh, but yeah, the movies are not great. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know anything about the comics. I, I, I make I make sure to qualify that. I'm only talking about the the movies. I I yeah, I don't have an opinion on those because I haven't read them. So all right. Perry says, Oh yeah, uh, Lex Luthor wants you to go interview about an orphanage he's building. And it's like, uh, can't you do it over the phone? And they're like, Well, you could, but this is from high up and Lex is big important dude. So, you know, he asked you to go in person.
1: Um, and he basically says like, and don't give him any shit. She's like, fine.
0: Right. Scouts on her <laughs> All right, so uh, then we get a cut back to Lex POV, and it says that, the, I, I like this too, Lex Luthor had become a different man. The key to maintaining a long-term deception was to find a lie as close as possible to the <laughs> truth it would be more difficult to get caught out. Um, hey, true story. Um, makes me think of George Costanza, where it's like, you can't live a lie? I'm living like seven. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, perfect- you, have
1: to, you have to parcel out the the line you're doing. Minim- minimize the level of effort for the lie.
0: And that that's- I mean, that's always I do not I don't, I don't like lying precisely because you got to keep track of like, wait, who knows what, but if you just always tell people the truth, then you're just like, all right, what do I actually know? And I can just be honest. Um, Anyway, he's like, oh, there's perfectly benevolent reasons for a multimillionaire to seek out every scrap of information about Superman. Um, So he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm being perfectly legit. You know, and I think he's, he's got a, a fairly good cloak of plausible deniability that he's set up around himself.
1: Um, I think uh, my read of this was that he was basically pretty transparent with her because at least like I I don't yet hear any like bad ulterior motives from Lex about why he wants to know all this stuff about Superman. He's just like, wow, this could be really fucked up and would definitely it's fuck with everybody's world, mine included, so I need to figure out what's going on. <clears throat> and at least my my read was that he basically just said that to Lois because there's nothing really like – there's no reason anybody would, you know, judge that as, you know, like, well, everybody would feel that way. Um, so for me, it was like, okay, this is maybe a person that isn't always going to have good intent, but he's pretty much being straight with you here. I Um, think there's no reason for it. No reason that Lois shouldn't have agreed. Like Lois agrees to like, tell him what she knows about Superman. There's really like, that wasn't necessarily a mistake or any reason that she shouldn't have.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I think that that's, that's the thing is, you know, if your, if your lie is really close to the truth – And you're right, none of this is – I don't think any of that's a lie. he's It's just not the whole truth maybe. Like the the, yeah. the bottom part is like, look, I make a lot of money from doing crimes and he's making that hard. Um, so I think that, you know, you can be mostly honest. I think that's kind of what he's doing. But is he
1: still – yeah, I guess maybe I missed that because he did go through this uh, – or he has that like in the, in the beginning of this chapter where he's like, um, you know, he went legit five years ago and it's basically because like – you know, the the risk of crime isn't worth it because now that I'm this rich and powerful, it's easier to just like bribe people and shit and do everything legally. Um, yeah,
0: fair enough. And that, so I, think- I, guess,
1: I guess, so, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I misread stuff, but so my, uh I don't yet know of any like, you know, bad ulterior motive on, on his part. Cause like so maybe, maybe I missed that, but it didn't seem to me like, oh, I need to find out. Uh, you know, everything I can about Superman, because it's going to interrupt, you know, my life of crime. Like my read was that like the life of crime was something he was kind of like, like he still had his, you know, Willie Calhoun, you know, fingers in things a little bit, but that it was sort of like what he was walking away from and not a priority for him anymore.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I guess we'll have to see what exactly he's like, where he's being forthcoming and where he's not. Uh, maybe that develops further as we get along. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly, I guess, what is he being deceptive about here? Like, not, I mean, other than like, kind of like getting her into his house under false pretenses, like, but even, even that it's not a false pretense. He's he even, he comes right up and says right. like, he's like, it's a mild deception. Cause I really am building an orphanage and I really do want you to write an article about it. Yeah. It's just like, while you're here, can you tell me about Superman?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I say I, I walked from this thinking, so like maybe there's, you know, more motives going on underneath but that he was like he didn't like he was basically straight with her about all of this because like the only to the extent that there was any kind of deception it was just that like yeah i'm building an orphanage because that's easy for me and it was a way to get you in the door um but that like to the extent that there wasn't deception he owned up to it and that everything else was like that he was being straight with her so maybe there's maybe there more, I guess like the only thing there could be more is that like, okay, he has some sort of like bad ulterior motive for wanting to find out about Superman. But um, other than that, like there didn't seem anything like deceptive about what he did.
0: Yeah. All right. I, I can dig it. I, and I, I don't know exactly where I'm coming from either. So, um, we you know we haven't sat down to do one of these in a while, so I'm not hundred percent on my A game, but <laughs> all right.
1: Also, there's like less like gotcha with this story. So right. I don't have to like cover for as much.
0: Yeah, this is, this is, a that's, that's the other reason I'm really excited to do this is it's, it's not the same kind of story. So like, this is more just like having fun talking about it and less of like,
1: <laughs> you don't have to talk. play dumb as much. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, you know, all I'd need to do is just like not tell you how the story ends and we're in good shape. So, um, all right. So Lois shows up and, uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Luther. And then the whole, oh, Mr. Luther is my father. You can call me Lex. Um.
1: So, that, so the way I read that, I'm wondering like if you got the same vibe. Like that all seemed like very like snide and insincere. Like the attempt to be like, oh, I'm just you know this common dude, and he says later like, oh, you know I came from. Don't call it the whatever. It's the, everybody just calls it the suicide slums. No need to stand on formality. Like that all came across as very like smarmy and like a totally you know constructed attempt to act you know all friendly and relatable while being completely not like is that how was that the way you took it or
0: I I took it as I mean so he told he told he told the guy in the club the same thing that you know whatever in the previous chapter however many days ago that was like you know call me Lex um I think it's just emphasizing that this is Lex Luther not Mr. Luther yeah. Alexander yeah. Or whatever. And as far as the suicide some things, I like that I, I, I'm assuming that his story is true but having grown up there. And so like if you take yeah. that yeah, I didn't think it was like not true. it as like this you know, oh, we just call it Southside, and he's like, no, no, the people who live there, the people who fucking, you know, endured that shit, we call it suicide slums. Like, I, 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 I took that as him being sincere. Um, the no need to stand I up for I believe that I guess it Maybe was just, yeah. like the, the line that's like, hey, look, we don't need to talk like politicians. Let's talk about it like it is. Uh, yeah, what I liked about
1: that was that like <laughs> – but rather than just say that, like there's something about just that no need to stand on formality sounds like such a formal way to say that. that oh, yeah. Uh, I think that was part of what did it for me was like that it seemed like this is a strategic ploy on it. Like he's consciously trying to make sure he cultivates the, you know, air of, you know, oh, I'm just like you uh, when it's like totally not at all
0: true. Well, that that's the next thing. She says you grew up there with a the raised eyebrow and then he watched her take a look around the smoking room. And it's like, okay, yeah, you live in a mansion with a smoking room and you're wearing a suit that, you know, costs what I make in a year. Like, all right, you're, you're telling me. So, yeah, exactly. There, there is that disconnect there. Um, I, I mean, just the idea of like, oh, yeah, this room, we just smoke in there. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the place for you. Yeah. yeah, for me, it, like, sort of, like, helps set the vibe of, like, okay, he is not to be trusted. Like, he doesn't, you know, he's not relating to her as an equal. Like, he's, like, this is a manipulation
0: Yeah, that I do get that. I think that there's, it's it's hard to like imagine what it's like to be Lex because I mean he he called her here to get information out of her. You know he's not or she's not Lois Lane, his friend that she cares about. Like he wasn't manipulating Willie when he told him, hey, knock your crimes off. Like that's somebody that he has a relationship with. To him, Lois is a like a a a passage to more information about what he can get about Superman. And he's trying,
1: yeah, and he's trying to, to, yeah, he's trying to consciously manipulate her impression of him.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's true. For specific, like, practical goals. So. Yeah, every, everything here, I think, is a manipulation, which is just fun because, you know, you don't have to be an evil overlord to do that. But that's not the, you know, it's also like, all right, so if you are... It doesn't give you me, a warm fuzzy. It doesn't give you a warm fuzzy, but, like, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i going to run with the uh, worldview that Bill Gates is actually an awesome guy. Um, so if Bill Gates invited me to his house and he's like, oh, no, you know, you don't have to tell me, Mr. Gates. Bill's fine. Can I get you something to drink? Like, you know... Yes, that's manipulation make me feel more comfortable and to, you know, not be worried about the, you know, not to be cognizant of the fact that like, oh yeah, this is Bill fucking Gates, you know, who can buy, you know, my whole city and, you know, whatever, right? Like, uh, if, if, if he said, no, call me Bill, let me get you a glass of water. Like, yes, it's manipulating, but is it like negative? I don't know.
1: Yeah. If- there's ways you could pull that off though, where it's like, like, you know, yeah. So you're going to be like, oh, Mr. Case. He's like, yeah oh, no, Bill's fine. Can I get you something? Like you can like just say like go ahead and call me Bill in a way that isn't like you know shouting. I am going to let you address me by my first name, fellow
0: mortal. No need to sound on formalities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, there's there's ways to do that.
1: You can be like yeah, yeah, no Bill's fine.
0: And part of that too might just be the anachroni- anachronistic or not anachronistic the because uh, that's a out of time thing. What do you call it? Like the the time uh, era yeah. language. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll figure all that stuff out. So. Let's keep rocking and rolling. So suicide slums. He says he grew up there. Um, And uh, so I like it. Yeah, like
1: Lois just kind of jumps immediately to like, you know, she tries to, you know, not be shitty about how she says it, but it's basically, you know, like clearly you have some other motivation for wanting this interview. uh, So what's up? Like she just, she she could sort of immediately, you know, says to him like, okay, I don't trust what you're saying on the surface is what's really going on here. Like you're not really trying to get people to be aware of this orphanage. So what's your what's your angle?
0: Yeah, I like that too. And we do get a an important drop here that like at least much of his empire is built up through legitimate means. He has three PhDs. He owns a hundred patents or half a hundred patents. He discovered something called Luthorian bonding, so he got to name some chemical uh, process or something after himself. Like so, he 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 is uh, in addition to being this retired criminal overlord, a you know a badass.
1: Um, and they like the very like nerd specific kind of badass like for this it's like, oh, you've got PhDs and patents. Whereas you can see like from other stories, it might just be like, oh, you're a titan of industry and a you know, genius businessman, which doesn't necessarily equate to like intelligence more than just kind of like boot management, something, something. So right.
0: Or it's like the a nerd, nerd flavor
1: of stuff, right? awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I can dig it. Um, it works for me anyway. I mean, I'm I'm more impressed by this Lex Luthor than it would be if he was like a professional wrestler or something, right? Um,
1: yeah, oh, it was I like what was the, the Max champion. Lord from the from the last uh, Wonder Woman? God, like yeah. That
0: guy, yeah. See, she ain't Although so I guess he a bad guy. And yeah. Um. All right. So the uh, oh yeah. So that, that's where she says, "Hey, look. You know, you've you've been like uh, you've never been on anyone's radar up until this week. Like, what's going on?" And I like his response. He's like, "I don't suppose that a person ever really wakes up one day and decides to be a better person." <laughs> he, he like literally laughs at that. He, He's like, no, that wasn't the case for me. I was influenced by Superman. Um, but I, that line about, I don't suppose that a person ever really wakes up and decides to become a better person. That sounds like straight out of Quirrell's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. And maybe it's because literally everything that he says comes out of Quirrell's mouth in my ears because that's how I heard it. So. But it was,
1: I mean, it was sort of a, a, like in being transparent, he's like, I'm not gonna try to bullshit you that, you know, suddenly and I'm not going to feed you a line about, you know, my love of fellow man.
0: Right. Well, then he kind of does. He says, no, no, I was inspired by Superman. You know, there's something quite heroic about seeing an alien with such marvelous powers, using them exclusively for the greater good. Um, and then that's where he says, in fact, I had a few questions. And she's like, oh, so that's what you're going for. Um, so she's like, you know, I'm an ethical journalist and put very politely, fuck you. Um, I hate, I hate deception. He's like, it's only a minor deception. I really am. This is where I, I like that. Or kind of, I just imagine him waving his hand. Oh, small small deception. Not, not a real lie. There really is an orphanage, and I really am building it. And I think there's a story there. Um, so it's just like, I mean, what's great about this, too, is I get the... I mean, it's not even the impression. My 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 sincere conclusion is that he built this orphanage, <laughs> not just to start cultivating the care of like him being a philanthropist, but he built it exclusively so we could talk with Lois Lane. Yeah, and, he's like,
1: well, right? I'm not lying about the orphanage. I mean, I did make the orphanage just to get you here, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make the orphan
0: but it's a real thing yeah i love it um which you know if i was this is kind of like how i imagine this story is like all right if i was lex Luthor, if i was this multi multi-millionaire you know what sort of like would i would i even hesitate to throw around 10 million dollars just to get some more information on superman probably not right yeah, be, i mean yeah. i mean that'd be like me I guess we're, we're
1: the sort of like me. For we're, story. We're, we're sort of like pegging in here like just how rich lex Luthor is that like set up an interview costing roughly one orphanage is like, that's his level of, cause what I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend like 1% of my net worth just to set up an interview.
0: That's true. But I was like,
1: Orphanage has got to be 30. like a 10th of a percent of his net worth.
0: Yeah. He, he's a multimillionaire. And I'm guessing that in 1930s money an orphanage does not cost that much to build. So it's probably on the order of. You yeah. Know, I guess if
1: we were like, if it was, you know, modern levels of money, I'm, I'm clocking him in at like, you know, a double digit billion.
0: Yeah. And so in that case, how much is an orphanage today, right? Like a couple hundred thousand dollars? Oh yeah. I mean, unless he's gonna to pay to staff it in perpetuity. Like I so imagine- it
1: sounds like he's gotta say, yeah, I I gotta think like it's a few, few million to get like a you know an orphanage fully up and running. Like get the stack, get all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like the building.
0: All right. So we're still even if we're just talking a few million, still we're, still, we're still talking sub small one one yes. percent, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's I still have to. Like, literally, look at the zeros in my head to realize I know, like right. Oh, yeah, like, what's, million, million,
1: like if, you, if you're worth 10 billion. Million. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you, if you're worth 10 billion, then 1% is 100 million or something. Is that right? Uh, yeah. yeah. 100
0: million. Yeah. Which is so, yeah. mind blowing.
1: But, like, 10. Yeah. So, but, like, a tenth of a percent is, like, 10 million. That sounds but Sure. Yeah. Sure. Just, why not? 10 million in an
0: orphanage. Plus, he's making money every day, right? So, it's not like he, he has just one cash reserve. All right. Lex is super fucking rich. This has been our discussion. There right, we go. So. Um, so he says, he basically convinces her about the, uh, like, all right, look, I want to, I want to talk about this. And what else <laughs> she says, uh, um, something about like how, you know, he can bribe her. And she's like, oh, money can't buy, you know, I can't be bought. And he's like, well, people who say that often don't realize how much money It's been,
1: it's been my experience that people that say that underestimate what money can buy.
0: Right. <laughs> um, and he doesn't hit
1: her with money. He even and he doesn't. So the, what he bribes her with is getting the equal rights amendment passed, uh, which is like a total flex. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he doesn't. Not only does he like not bribe her with money, he bribes her with like a thing that would be valuable to her. But. Uh, When he's sort of explaining like how he would do it, I mean, yes, money would be involved, but it's not even—it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to pay a bunch of people and that's going to get the ERA passed. It's where like he sort of explains like this is how I can influence people, like not only all the politicians I have in my pocket, but like I employ hundreds of thousands of people, um, and I can make them all vote, and I can make them all women that vote.
0: If I if I said that you know voting day would be a national or would be a a company holiday, do you think they're not going to hire women? Like if they won by half a percent, what's awesome about everything that he's saying? Is that he could be saying, all, I mean, because he kind of is in his mind, he's saying all of this to Superman, right? So it's like, yeah, man, yeah, I'm going to flex some politicians, but am I, Am I? tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me, point, point where I'm wrong, Superman. Like this this is like just knowing that your house is tapped and the government's listening mm. and, and you, you still want to, you know, do some.
1: Oh, because like literally Superman can hear them. right. Not like oh, whatever you say to Lois is going to get repeated. It's like no, literally, Superman is hearing this conversation, especially yeah. if he's got the Superman's got the cocktail party effect all over the goddamn city. Right. So like he's
0: yeah, exactly. So he's uh, I think he, everything. I, I just imagine like, and I think he it probably spelled out here a couple of times in the story, but like literally everything he says out loud is like, "Yep, Superman, I'm, is, uh, he's on the other end of the phone." Yeah, like mm-hmm. you know. Um, all right, so. Uh, he basically gets her to, to acquiesce It's like, all right, yep, I will, that will, that bill will pass. And again, this is all just to, to say, tell me what wasn't in the paper about Superman. Yeah. Like it, it's, it. I mean, we get it, but like, it's just, it's how little the, he's
1: asking for how much she's willing to do and how little he's asking for. In yeah. The
0: flex is amazing. I love it. Um, and she says, all right, well, we you know what, what's, what are you in it for? And, uh, he says, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the Humanist Manifesto, you know, like if, if we can, if we can get Superman on board, like to help us with scientific progress, we can. Uh, and I like this, too, because someone mentioned this in the discord about the line, the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a boon, have been a boon for the human race. Um, someone's like, lol or something. I can't remember. They were more articulate than that. But like, in most ways, he's right. Like, it's pretty cool to have all this downtime and specialization and stuff. Granted, there's pollution and global warming, but you leave all that out, and it's a pretty good deal. Um, if I'm going to summarize it in a sentence, but he says, when I look at Superman, I can only imagine the eons of dead ends our scientists could skip, the advancements that could be had if only he could be convinced to give us his knowledge. It would be an end to disease. It would be an end to disease, an end to death. Uh, that was,
1: yeah, like that didn't follow directly for me, because it's sort of implying that like Superman knows all this stuff, which that part has like. Superman can do all this stuff, but I don't think we've seen anything that isn't just like, he could just be adult that can fly.
0: At the very Staying
1: least. Adult that doesn't like spicy food.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wonder, uh, maybe saying that it could be not that like, I'm sure that it is, but it's worth investigating. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's 1% chance that Superman can tell us how to travel the stars at faster than light speed, yeah. like let's try and get him to do that.
1: Um yeah, we think it, and that's something something it brings up like a little later. It's like how the fuck, you know, if okay, if we're gonna buy this whole story about like Krypton blew up and he, you know, came here in his tiny little pod, um, he's like, Well, how the fuck would he get here from like some other solar system? Um I'm like, oh, okay, well, so I guess the Krypton's head faster than light travel. But then then I thought as uh I was thinking about it later, that like, you know, that's not necessarily the case. It's it's totally on the table that, you know, Superman was stuck into his little baby pod and launched across space and put into uh, you know, Stasis and that Krypton blew up, you know, 100 million years ago.
0: I mean, and if that's the case,
1: the slow boat to Earth.
0: And if he was on the slow boat to Earth 100 million years ago, uh they pointed at him at a planet with dinosaurs. <laughs> so,
1: exactly, right? So, just
0: and even then, too, you got to think actually they'd be looking at the planet 200 million years ago if we're not talking fast. Uh, sure.
1: Yeah, so, if, yeah, no, or, yeah, so if somehow they got like they somehow knew that it was going to be humans. Uh, that were there then that means like i think humans have been humanish for a couple hundred thousand years right so then if you and let's say that they, could, they can like you know shoot his like, little space pod up to like 25 percent the speed of light a hundred thousand so if everything within like you know a couple tens of thousands of light years here is still pretty like that's a that's a big chunk of the galaxy it's pretty big yeah he could, he could, yeah. Try, he could they could they, they could knowingly get him pretty far to a planet that they knew had humans on them assuming they had some weird magical way to know that they were
0: humans but right I mean if they've all got
1: we still sort of planted that seed in here of like why the fuck does
0: he look like a human right um, but I like his his thing I'm investigating Superman because I want to persuade him to do the most good And <laughs> maybe that's the deception that maybe that's not his true motivation here right um, yeah, I
1: guess, yeah so I guess that is bullshit I think like I feel like we already know his motivations he just uses this as this giant question mark threat with all kinds of implications. Like this is not something that one can afford to just sort of, you know, scratch their head at and wonder what's going to happen. It's like, this is a big deal. We need to find out as much as we can about it. Like, um, yeah, I guess he did kind of BS Lois about that, but like that part of you, he's been kind of transparent with other people about it, at least. So
0: yeah, he's, like he's, I, I sort of
1: like take him at his word on that part that he's just sort of like, holy fuck what's going on here.
0: Yeah. He's, he's terrifying. In fact, we forgot to mention at the end of the last chapter, he, he says that he'd run the numbers to mercy that, um, you know, even using the lower bounds of his strength and speed, if he ever decided that he didn't want to be a hero anymore, he could demolish the city in the space of three hours down to every last man, woman, and child. And so, like, his, I think his real motivation here is he's fucking terrified.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so, you know, if he's going to say that, if you're terrified of the the big powerful entity that's always listening, you don't say that. You say, oh, no, I'm, I've got benevolent motivations. Not that I'm scared shitless. Um, <laughs> it's that, no, no, I think that there's a lot of good that could be had if, if we can convince him to do the right thing. So... Um, anyway, yeah, I,
1: wonder if, I wonder if he could have sold it to Lois with like his actual motivations, like because again, that like that doesn't seem right. It's maybe like less kumbaya, but it seems like that's like a legit concern. If he had just said to Lois, "Like, dude, this guy could end the human race if he felt like it," and I think you probably should help me find out what's going on. Like, that seems like that's a solid argument.
0: It, w- it would persuade me if you're trying to get me on a conspiracy to look into Superman. But if Superman was listening, he'd be like, "Oh, this guy with tons of resources is scared of me." I wonder if he's gonna be trying to find ways to handle that fear rather than trying to find ways to work with me, which is what he's saying out loud.
1: Except he's he's already had the conversation copping through his concerns with other people that Superman also would have heard. So
0: Yeah, it's it you you gotta wonder was Superman like this is actually kind of an open question. We'll maybe we'll get more of a deep dive into Superman's powers, but like is he constantly hearing literally everything and processing it all, or can he like point his hearing for certain sounds or at certain places? Like, I mean, he is like
1: he, Jesus. He just, he, he, he sees when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake.
0: If he is literally just um, you know, omnipresent and uh, omniscient, then yeah, that that's a, a whole different ball game. But um, I think it might be possible that he has to concentrate on some stuff. So, all right. Oh, you also pointed out, I wanted to grab this because you're like, hey, look, uh, props to the author that this was the time when humanism showed up on people's radar and he pulled up a graph that is too small for me to read. Um
1: yeah, somewhere around like – yeah, kind of ramped up. Well, like everything – it was the Google Engram thing. Uh, like all of the Engram stuff didn't start popping up until the beginning of the 1900s. But but yeah, there was around, like around the 20s, 30s. There was a spike in the use of the word humanism in literature.
0: That's awesome. It is yeah, worth I pointing out that the author did tons of research for this story. And I think basically every historical fact that he mentions is true uh, or at least believed accurate. Um, so – yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, I want to keep our eyes on like other things that he points out about history and be like, oh, I didn't know that, and we can see if it's real or not. Um,
1: yeah, and that was like because when he's like, oh, there are these things called bungee cords. Like, I guess I had it like I was just accepting like as definitely true that he had definitely made sure that bungee cords were already a thing by this point.
0: I bet if I googled it, they would have been. I'll double check. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, that's too
1: like specific for you to like drop the ball on that one. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm like 100 sure that that's historically accurate. It's awesome.
0: Anyway, props to Alexander for doing all the homework. Uh, all right, so Lois gets a mysterious note on her desk, and it just says "Miss Lane" on the front. Um, no one's seen anything happen, so you kind of just and imagine tight,
1: so we don't, so there won't be any uh, handwriting to recognize.
0: Exactly. What I like too is that uh, um, <laughs> you just imagine Superman running through it like Flash speed to drop this oh, off. What- yeah, yeah
1: she just like you know she goes off to the bathroom, and he like types out or not, puts it all there in
0: like half a And he knows when she's in the bathroom all the time. Superman, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta say.
1: Uh, <laughs> Superman knows how Lois's digestion is doing on any given day.
0: There was like a oh, you know what? I gotta find I'll I'll publish it in the uh it, I'll put it on the Vajsian Conspiracy Discord too. But there's a perfect Saturday morning breakfast cereal about Superman doing the most good. Um it's and I'll send it to you, Brian. It's really funny, but that's uh, a bit of an aside. So um, all right. I'll let you take over a bit because I'm talking a lot.
1: Yeah. So she gets a note. She um, walks up to the roof and there's like this scene, like to, I, I'm pretty sure there's a scene almost exactly like this for the old Christopher Reeves movies. Cause I could totally picture this. Um, she goes up to the top of the roof and she says, Clark, what the fuck are you doing in a leotard? Oh wait, no, she doesn't say that. Um, and so she goes up there and she's like, she has sort of her like first impression. She's like, Oh, he looks like some kind of like bodybuilder, like some, you know, ridiculously good looking bodybuilder dude in a
0: leotard body like a strong man sorry to to jump in but i what i like about that is i'm not picturing uh um henry cavill i'm picturing the guy from the cover of like the comic books who's built like the incredible hulk
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so like just this just you
1: know he's got a 12 pack on his abs
0: exactly this hulk of a person where you can see all this definition and his his chest diameter is built like a barrel like anyway um
1: so, um, so yeah, she gets up there and talking you like the, the one thing I took that she's sort of asking me like, well, why do you do all this stuff? Um, you know, why are you just, but she basically like, why are you such a nice guy? Uh, and his quote to her is, um, I think it says something profoundly sad about your species that you have to ask that question. <laughs> um, and it was like, and that was like, it really like was like a lot of this, like he's sort of, you know, cheesy wonder bread levels of wholesome, but that one sort of was like, like legit wholesome, um, he's like, you know, why are you asking me? Why I am doing good things for the sake of being good?
0: Um, like that shouldn't be hard. That's pretty good, Mister Rogers. Yeah, there's the the line too where she's like, "Well, Superman, okay, I kind of made the name up." And he's like, "It's right, fine." It's fine. It's fine. Had a, certain, had a certain gentleness to him, a patient understanding that was so palpable that Lois could instantly understand how people compared him to Christ. Um, <laughs> so, like, you just imagine, you know, this this God man being like, "No, he's, no, va- it's okay. he's
1: vaguely glowing." Right.
0: There's also, I I know I said I would let you drive, but there's a part I wanted to pull out here that just really speaks to like the writing that I really like in this. Um, the, uh, um, it says that, oh, I just had it. Um, oh yeah, there was. Uh, Luther said that she should leave nothing out. He didn't realize how literal she was being. Being a reporter is about being concise. You had to pay attention to the details, but mm-hmm. only say things that were actually important. Um, like, reading this i could i i get the impression that alexander wales has been a reporter like that that sounds like uh-huh. so like in the mindset of like oh yeah that must be what it like it, it anyway just it's it's great uh well it ties in,
1: in, in a little bit later because so he um takes her flying and uh, luther's like that wasn't in the interview and um and she bullshits she's like uh, well it wasn't important to the story so it sort of like ties into what she was you know, saying to herself about like, Oh, you know, it's about being concise and whatever. Um, so that's kind of her justification to herself, but, um, but mostly she didn't, there was sort of like, well, so I jumped ahead a little bit. So she asks him like, you know, so we've heard that you can fly and that, you know, you can stop a bullet. Um, so like, what are all your powers? And he just says like, Oh, would you like to see a demonstration? And then goes on to demonstrate nothing other than flying. But, uh, but he just sort of like in a very, um, He just grabs her, you know, picks her up and they start flying and like her reaction to that was like, um, it would have been nice if you had asked permission that it was, it had this sort of like very like, you know, pre-war era, you know, male, female role thing of just sort of an assumption that men are just allowed to kind of do whatever they want with women. Um, and so we got to sort of see in her kind of her levels of discomfort with that, um, And so then sort of like tying into that idea, like, oh, being concise and leaving things out. She left that out for like two reasons around like both, like it rubbed her the wrong way. Like it sort of upset her the like, oh, you just picked me up, you know, like the sort of like, you know, rapey vibe. Not that it was that, but it was just sort of like, oh, you had like no respect for like me, my physical presence and just did it without asking. Um, And then also that she didn't want to, um, like there was already this narrative. Was there already? But that she consciously didn't want to have a start like building a narrative of, of Lois Lane, Superman's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, And then it sounds like the the hints that we've got, it sounds like legit that lois doesn't have that she's not like oh superman's dreamy um that she really doesn't like have any of those sorts of emotions towards him and um that she's not like trying to cover for like oh i don't want people to know how i feel about superman she's like no i don't want people to assume stuff that i'm not actually not even feeling and by the way it's not any of your business um so that's yeah. sort of like the two reasons that she didn't you know that she just left that out but then also the end but you know what? What she tells herself about that, though, is that like, "Oh, it's just not relevant to the story," and that's what she says to Luthor.
0: Right? Yeah, I like that. Um, and she even leaves out like how uncomfortable it was, like the flight. She leaves that out when she's recounting it, even to Luthor, because it's super uncomfortable for her.
1: Yeah. And this is, I think, like my like so far with what you know, because we, we haven't seen too much yet of Lois as a character. But this is like my favorite part so far because it wasn't just like okay, here's a person with like more than just the two dimensional you know levels of stuff going on in her head but um but that also it was sort of like her ambivalence about it because it wasn't like superman did anything wrong and it wasn't that she was like pissed at him or like you know traumatized but it's just like it made her uncomfortable and you felt like you know what and that's also understandable that it made you uncomfortable but it also wasn't like you know it's not like he grabbed her ass or you know kissed her on the cheek without permission or anything it was like is in this sort of like just kind of uncomfortable middle ground of like you know just like Believable human emotions, where you're not really sure if you're so even supposed to draw any kind of you know major conclusion about it, but just it just made it feel like real.
0: Yeah, like the- I mean, like we can we can take it, you know, with our knowledge of Superman being you know America's best Boy Scout, and like of course he would never you know cross a line with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But the I, I think it paints the picture really well, like uh, that, like it's it's not even that there's a ch- you know that it's it's not even so much that she's like worried about like oh there's a good chance he might do something it's just like if he wanted to yeah, if he wanted there's to. literally nothing i could do you know my my dad taught me how to fight i carry a gun but like if he wanted to go for it like it would you know it would yeah. be like me stopping a train like
1: yeah, yeah uh, if you tell, I take away that just like the weird gender that like uncomfortable gender part of it, it just sort of like parallels like even like Luthor's concern that like this dude does anything he wants and we're completely at the mercy of the fact that he happens to only want to do good
0: things. Exactly. And then on yeah. on, on, on the flight back she mentions how, uh not to Luther but to us that like he leans his head towards her, presses his cheek against her hair. Like, you know, he's getting cozy. And then there's this other kind of like fuck you to uh <laughs> that I really like um to the uh like uh the the clark kent facade um she had heard clark use the phrase superman's girlfriend lois lane in a different article and she had pitched a fit to perry until he had taken it out (laughs) so
1: like so did clark say the phrase superman's girlfriend oh so that is creepy because it's right Uh, yeah
0: Yeah. and so you mentioned that he doesn't demonstrate any of his powers other than flying but he does it's just brief Um so like uh Superman had begun the demonstrations of his powers on some island north of the city. Um, he turned a rock to dust. He was faster than a speeding bullet and more powerful than a locomotive. He could street, he could read he could see straight through walls and read newsprint from miles away. He could hear the faintest whisper while the ocean roared around them. Um and so uh, I like this too. He's like, he called it X ray vision, or is that an invention of your own to describe the phenomena you observed? That's what he said. I know that's probably not how it works, and he's like, No, it's not. not. <laughs> I don't know, right?
1: Um, I know, like, and like Luther's already digging into just like the weird improbabilities around. Okay, so it wouldn't be X rays, but like that means that there's like some kind of light radiation that does get through a wall well enough that he can just like completely see what's going on. He's sort of like starting to pick that apart. He's like, yeah, there's something fucky going on with this.
0: It's one thing to see through walls; Another nothing entirely to read a newspaper through walls. Yeah, so. Yeah, it was on the way back where she's thinking about just that's like, like,
1: trying, like trying to read somebody's hard drive with an oscilloscope from outside. <laughs> enhance. Enhance.
0: You mean an enhance, Enhance. Yeah. All right, so then uh, they get back to the Daily Planet and he, she's like, hold on, we need a picture. No one's going to believe this shit. And so then they get the picture that shows up on the front page. Um, and we get a tiny
1: little bit of Jimmy Olsen. I don't know how much of uh, how much more we're going to get of him. but
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, was the character you're familiar with or?
1: Uh yeah I guess yeah uh cuz I guess in, like in my head I've got like all but like Superman's like a big amalgamation of a bunch of different things but but yeah he was he was like the super like G was boy scouty um like slightly gawky uh dude from like the- I'm remembering from the original uh George Reeves ones but yeah he's always been kind of that same just sort of like gawky awkward kid with the camera thing Nice um, yeah
0: Oh um
1: Oh, you that, know I think about it, it's like totally Peter Parker. I wonder and Jimmy Olsen existed first. I wonder if Stanley just ripped Peter Parker off from of Jimmy Olsen. Because he kinda pretty much totally is. He's a photographer at the newspaper. He's a little geeky and awkward.
0: But Peter Parker's also a hero. Well,
1: yeah, that's the thing. It was it would be like Stanley Stanley would be like, oh, we should turn that Peter Parker kid or that yeah, we should turn that Jimmy Olsen kid into a superhero. What would that be like? You know, the more I say that I'm like that doesn't even seem at all unlikely.
0: Could be. Could be. So yeah, he, I forgot to mention that he mentioned something about like how he learned English from the radio waves on the way in or something, um, which sounds like, I, 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 so I guess I mis- did
1: because like what I'm remembering from like the Christopher Reeves movies again, is that, um, he crashed to earth as a baby. So he would have just learned English like anybody else.
0: Yeah. But I, he gives a, um, a different story here, uh, or does was he, he but,
1: no because I thought maybe I just was just assuming that everything was gonna be the same enough that I didn't pay too much attention to it but uh, I thought it also said like that he just arrived as a baby yeah because he's like oh I didn't choose anything the coordinates were already set and so I think he arrived as a baby
0: um I I remember, remember
1: like, the language thing is that Luther was like oh I wonder if he like speaks all the languages and like uh, he's like no apparently like he's been on they, they were kind of like I don't think they were specific about whatever languages, but like, oh, he had, you know, problems communicating with this, you know, immigrant population in the neighborhood. So he only speaks English, is Lothar's conclusion.
0: I'm having a bit of, like, memory issues because the story is not that long. And I'm trying to remember, like, what I learned here and what, what we learned later. Um, so why did you choose Earth?
1: Uh, yeah, it's like, no, I didn't. Yeah, I think I think he showed up as a baby. I, and I don't I, I don't remember reading anything about, like, oh, hearing radio waves, something, something.
0: Okay, yeah. I must be um like Yes. Yeah, so I i i remembering. All right. Well, all right. So they get back to the Daily Planet, they get a picture, and then that basically ends the uh um the recounting of events. Um he says that uh he'll keep his bargain and uh you know, hopes oh, that what she hopes that means, like
1: are we going to like later in this story the ERA is going to be passed. Is that going to be a
0: thing? Right. Um Alright, so then we get the, the cutback to Lex's point of view, and he says that he wrote down his findings in a notebook in a language that was of his own devising that he invented a decade ago specifically so that he could write down things he was thinking about with the risk of anyone without the risk of anyone reading it. Just gotta get points for proper paranoia. <laughs> um,
1: when well, now that works out of like a language that you don't communicate like you are the only person that reads or writes it, like sort of like weird definition of what language means.
0: I mean, if it's if you're still using the same alphabet, you could just straight up do like a um, English and just like you know, with a one-time pad of you know, like a a yeah, I mean, whatever. I think
1: like he described it as like being like an actual language, and it wasn't just like like you know some sort of like crypto version of English, but that like he invented a
0: like new language. Oh yeah, I mean, Tolkien invented Elvish, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, Tolkien apparently his, his interest was in linguistics. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if uh, I guess if Lex put his mind to it, he invented let's let's just say it's Elvish. Sure. All right. Yeah. Perfect. I I, I like that. I'm gonna that's my new headcanon. Um I'm sure Alexander will confirm it for me.
1: Is he Luthor more of a Klingon guy? I would think he's more Klingon.
0: Maybe. He needs something a little more threatening. Yeah, that's a good point. What it would it really sound all you know what? It's uh it's the black Romulan. speech. Of-
1: no, he's more Romulan. It's like a threatening but like intellectual. Luthor speaks Romulan.
0: That could be it. I'm also picturing just a black speech of Mordor. <laughs> all right. Moving on. because uh, this is going longer than I thought it would. So um, we're basically done here. So Lex is thinking like, all right, Superman has access to a typewriter. Either he can buy one or he stole it. Um, oh, yeah. And it says that he doesn't speak every language. Uh, there are a few reports from immigrant neighborhoods of Superman having difficulty communicating. I wanted to find that line so I could pull out this. And I said, ¿por qué es Superman un racista? Racisto. Which I went to Google and said, why is Superman a racist? And that's what it gave me. It's a racista. That's so right. No. Yeah, maybe Google's wrong. That maybe
1: isn't. Google. I believe Google more than my uh, mediocre Spanish.
0: So, anyway, Superman's racist. Um, I'm kidding. I just he doesn't speak. He seems to speak English. No, he's uh, sort
1: of that like you know, like Eisenhower Republican kind of racist. Like he, you know, he likes people of other colors in theory, but he never talks
0: to them. Um, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, in any case um i do like that lex even considers it could be a feigned weakness but lex lex thought the odds were that it wasn't so like he's still thinking like all right top level paranoia um i love it i just i can't get enough of that i think that that's that get, makes I mean, it he's weird. come
1: back several times to the x-ray vision thing i think he comes back to it three times where he's he just sort of like can't let go with what bullshit it must be <laughs> he's like this one of all the things we've been talking about is just like such bullshit
0: i just love the like I think it makes a really compelling character, villain or good guy, just have like this insane level of paranoia, where it's like you know maybe he's faking that he can't speak non-English. Like, I mean, why would he do that? I I
1: like, it sort of it reminds me. Of, what was this? There was this book. I think what was it called? Like the Science of Star Trek or something was the book. Um, like, it's like it's sort of been like picking apart all of the you know things that we know about the powers that Superman's supposed to have, and like some of them seem more impressive than others. Uh, but he's sort of like landed on like of all of them, and it's maybe not the most impressive looking one. But this X-ray vision thing is like the biggest load of bullshit. Like the other ones are more plausible. It sort of reminder me like the, in that like Star Trek book, it was like as they went through all of the different technologies in Star Trek, they kept landing on like the the uh, transporters, the one that's completely impossible. Like like of all the other stuff they've done, it's like okay, we could come some some plausible explanation for warp drive, but the transporter just like yeah, no. Like, uh, Heisenberg says no. And they're like, and that's why they like, you know, trechnobabble it with like, it's got Heisenberg compensators.
0: I mm.
1: like they were sort of like, okay, if we're going to actually like, look at this stuff and we're going to figure out like, which one of these things about Superman is the least believable. And it's looking like we're landing on x-ray vision as the, cause it's probably like his sort of least impressive power. Um, i maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if I can like x-ray vision versus like blowing cold. I'm not sure which one of those is less impressive, but neither of them are very rock and roll.
0: I mean, the x-ray vision is at least super useful. It's like the boring, useful, but it's be, of, like, what else can we get? Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's like, okay, laser eyes. Like why,
0: would, like, why would you be able to have laser eyes and blow cold? Like, I mean, you that know, just... Ankle. Yeah, like laser eyes. All right, cool. There's already some weird shit going on with those eyes. But I think
1: like, I've got it like in the back of my head. There was so, at some point for just like some brief period, like back in like 50s or 60s or something, they, they decided that Superman was able, capable of making tiny Supermen that like he could make this like you know 10 inch tall copy of himself that could go out and like fly out and be sort of like his drone but it was like this autonomous other superman and it was just this like weird bizarre arbitrary power that like they sort of had to like pull back and be like okay that was just too fucking weird to make it be part of superman and, but they had had to sort of like acknowledge it as a canon for a while <laughs> it was like well it definitely happened in the official comic book That's it was such a weird movie. power and i think if I, i'm remembering the like the drawing as so i was like there was like 10 tiny little Supermen flying all around him that he was like sending if I maybe misremember, but it was such a weirdly like just strange power that somebody invented.
0: Yeah. Making I mean, one 10-inch Superman would be just as dangerous as a full-size Superman. Oh yeah,
1: especially by especially by Superman rules. Yeah. He's gonna still be able to like toss mountains, but
0: yeah, you don't see him strain under the weight of the mountains, so it's just gonna be just harder to see him. All right. I'm getting distracted. So yeah, the the he's Lex is uh not buying the X-ray vision business. Um, he's thinking about like trying to get fingerprints from the note to compare them to anything that he can find from the crime scenes that Superman's been to. Um, what what I like about this too is says it's possible that the term X-ray was another colloquialism, but to Lex it suggests that Superman didn't know how his power worked, which mm-hmm. is thing to consider. Um,
1: I guess either that or or Superman's being sort of intentionally manipulative about
0: it. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, I could tell you in all my alien works, or I just call it X-rays because that's close enough to what you guys understand. Yeah.
1: I'm sort of like, I'm wondering, so I don't, I don't know where we're going to go with this, but I kind of like the idea that, that uh, maybe we never get into Superman's head and he's this sort of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of thing. Like he's like, we're getting, you know, actual three-dimensional characters, but Superman's going to like stay as this just kind of like cardboard cutout that other people react to. I kind of like sort of like the surrealism feel to that. If that's how it goes, that'd be kind of cool.
0: It would it add to the kind hard
1: to make, especially because he's so Wonder Bread, It'd be kind of hard to make that level of Wonder Bread relatable as an actual person.
0: Well, two things with that. One, it would be really cool to have that because it would kind of add to like you know he said it'd be surreal. Well, like the whole experience that everyone is having is surreal, right? So giving us some sense of that would be kind of cool. But also, like this is fan fiction. If they want to, if if Alexander wants to flesh out Superman, he totally can. So um.
1: yeah, but yeah. I guess so. I'm sort of like like it seems like he's intentionally like. Uh, laying on the gee whiz thick so it would work well like this where we're starting from now it would work well to just like oh let's keep Superman as this kind of bizarre unrelatable just kind of piece of furniture in the story and we're gonna look at how does you know how does everybody then react to that around him no doesn't that, like that just seems like that'd be an interesting way for this to go yeah sort of conspicuously the you know two-dimensional thing around you know that other real people are staring at it and scratching their head.
0: We'll have to see what happens, man. I'm so excited. I'm right, this chapter ends here. It says, "Tune
1: in next week." Us, oh, it's like totally lends itself well. The cheesy. You should have you have you never seen any of the George Reeves Superman? No. Actually, like- it's it's totally so cheesy, especially like the terrible. I remember seeing some specials about this, especially quote special effects they did for like how he would fly. It wasn't even like I don't even think they had like blue screen back then. It was just he was like laying down on this like little platformy thing where you then like his cape would hide the bar he was like sitting on, and then they had like a fake background and a wind machine. <laughs> it just looked so bad. Also, he was this like paunchy dude in a leotard. It had kind of like that nineteen sixties Batman kind of vibe to the to the way the costume looked. It was all.
0: That's delightful. It's super cheesy. This this chapter ends here, and I like this a lot. In the face of such uncertainty, lesser men might have simply given up. Lex Luthor believed that very few problems were unsolvable if you put your mind to it. Examinations of the evidence that Superman left behind could only go so far, though. It was time to escalate. And now you get to speculate wildly for a week as to what (laughs) form the escalation might take. I
1: know. Yeah, it's cool. I like. I can. Yeah, I like where we are now. So sort of, it's like we've laid out the groundwork. And we kind of know, you know, who are the characters and how are they relating to each other. And now it's sort of like, okay, now go. So yeah,
0: nice. Just, yeah, oh, also, this. there's an author's note here. Lois Lane getting hired as a teenager because of an anonymous letter to the editor is a detail pulled from the life of Nellie Bly, a female reporter of roughly the nice. same era who Lois, who uh, Golden Age Lois was based on. That's tight. Awesome, Alexander. Nice. I love the detail. Nice. All right well i think you know i like i said i think this might take three months total but that doesn't really matter point is i want to have enough to talk about next week i feel like this is a good length of episode so let's do chapters three and four next week cool all right in that case mm-hmm. we'll see you back here in a week for those bye everybody
1: if i go crazy you superman if i'm alive and well.